And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here, joined as always by my guys, Andrew Tursky and Chris Benedict Arnold McCormick. Ooh. Boys, that's what's going on? Spicy. Where are you at, Chris? I, uh, at the moment, I am in another airport. I'm here at uh, Dallas Love Airport. Dallas Airport. And- Jay Wall, where do you live? Yeah, Dallas. Somehow I didn't get the phone call from, hmm. from Chris. Interesting. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. He's shaking inbox? his head. He doesn't he doesn't have a response. He doesn't have a response. He didn't even like give me a call or anything. No, no courtesy call. No, like, hey, let's go grab a drink. Nothing. All right. In all fairness, I was I was trying to get out of here as fast as possible. Because he didn't want to hang out with me. Right. Fair enough. That's why I wild. wouldn't hang out with me either. That's that's so that's entirely mean. So it's like we're just I, we're just co hosts, right? Like we're not friends. Before full credit. <laughs> for the uh, U.S. winning the Ryder Cup because I picked Europe. So you're welcome Thank you. The Thank reverse you. fade I was worked. just about to say it was the reverse fade, but you still took Europe, Benedict Arnold. That's uh, for yep. those out there that were wondering where that was coming from. It was the one guy on this podcast who decided to go against Team USA. And what no, happened there? It was, it was a roundabout way of picking Team USA because I have the worst, the worst, track record with sports betting for any sport across the spread doesn't matter who it is it could be a 90 percent this team's going to win don't make them on the 90 percent probability and that's when there's an upset they lose well good thing i guess it is a good thing that team usa didn't have uh, you on their side although i'm pretty sure if everybody would have picked europe i don't think it would have mattered that was a uh, a thorough dismantling if, if I've ever seen it one was. before, they just absolutely ripped Europe apart. I loved it. I thought that it was great that Stricker was going to take a whole bunch of rookies and, and throw them out there. I mean, these are guys that I think we all know are going to be the future of, of Team USA. And they looked good. I mean, literally from top to bottom. I don't think there's one guy on the list. I mean, I guess if you're going to like point out like – Harris English had one point from three possible matches. Jordan Spieth had one and a half points from four possible matches. Um, you know, Finau had one point, but it just you didn't really need a lot. I mean, DJ went five went five and zero, oh, and then had one of the greatest quotes ever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was 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 phenomenal. His that was such a good to, press conference too. His response to to LKDs, Luke Curdenine from from our. Uh, golf.com and uh asked him if he could hang with the young pups and yeah great <laughs> response i can't say it here we'd have to put the explicit filter on but dj pretty much said are you kidding me of course next question i liked uh xander in that press conference too he was just puffing that cigar down looked absolutely hammered <laughs> it was great. I mean, all, all of them were all of them except for I would say like Finau and Bryson. I mean, Bryson were probably at least like 10 beers deep. Everybody else. Like if you look at their, there's a photo of them with the cup. And I specifically zoom in on the photo of Cantlay and JT and DJ. And all of them look absolutely blitzed. I I mean, mean, if I was them, I would be too. Kepka every like two seconds. I think they, I don't know if they were white claws or like the flavored Michelob ultras or whatever, <laughs> but like every two seconds he was calling for another one. It's like, need more, need more juice over here. 
or bird. You juice. could probably pound a bunch of those and still feel okay. I, I don't. I don't know if those are like the the real McCoy. But JT and Burger started getting after it like during the event. When they oh, yeah. when they shotgun and chugged on the first tee, I was like, I can't believe my eyes right now. Like, please tell me this is real. That was absolutely amazing. It was amazing. So, congrats to Team USA. I don't really know what what more needs to be said about their performance. Um, I guess we see now if they can can do the same thing. I mean, they're not going to, you know, destroy Europe like they did on home soil, but I think they're going to give them a pretty good fight when they go to Rome. And I don't know. I kind of like Team USA, even even as uh, even on the road. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take the cup. I have no idea. I have no idea what that team's gonna look like. But if it includes a bunch of the guys from this team, I like their chances. I just hope the media treats Team Europe the way they treated Team USA the last like three years. It's like, what's wrong with them? Can they ever beat Team USA again? You know, give them, give they, them they that. They won treatment. nine of the. They won nine of the last twelve. I mean, you knew you knew that they were due for for an L, but but it came in. It, it was not what I expected. I expected it to be really close going into Sunday, and for the USA to pull it out. I did not expect to have a free Sunday without really much golf. So that was the only unfortunate part. Well, congrats to me and Jay Wall on picking say, the winner. That's right. <laughs> Is it safe to say that? that there was some karma out there because of the cheesehead hats. I mean, did that contribute to just firing up Team USA for the win? Is that what it, it was? It didn't contribute. It was the reason. And it was the, re- it was the reason. It had nothing to do with our team being stacked with top 10 golfers. Just just the cheese. It was, it was the cheesehead yeah. hats. It had to be it. <laughs> that is a cocky way to start the week, though, throwing the cheesehead hats. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Odd flex, but you know, it was, it was definitely a little cocky. So I gotta, I gotta point something out about the Sunday singles. There's a story that's circulating right now that a, a better bet $8 on a 12 leg Ryder cup parlay for Sunday singles. So he bet on every single match, the result, and he won $966,000. He even got the he even got the ties right. I mean, this is this is preposterous. He got he got the Morikawa and Hovland tie and Speeth and Fleetwood. Nailed every single one of them. 8 bucks turning into 966k. I mean, at that point you just have to quit, right? You mean you're at you're at the top of the mountain. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, you quit That's your job, you quit you betting go? forever, you quit everything. Yeah, you quit. One of the You're most done. one of the most impressive parlays I've ever heard. Like predicting a have. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Like if I'm doing a parlay, do I'm just a... going down the list like win loss, win loss, win loss. I'm not even throwing a have in there. Like that's <laughs> that's really risky. Yeah. Good for him. It's I mean, what super risky. What are the odds of that? Well, $8 did it, did it to win the odds at all, Jay Wall? No, I didn't I didn't see I didn't see odds on there. It's about a hundred thousand to one, uh, something like that. Not a yeah, I mean, not it, a it huge almost, math guy, more of a writer podcast. Is, is that like but, double zero coming up three or four times in a row in Vegas? I mean, are we talking just crazy? <laughs> I mean, you, to like a, to like a, any twelve leg. I mean, even if you're picking all the favorites, there's a pretty good chance that like one of them is going to lose. I mean, it, it happens every single week. So the fact that he picked all twelve matches and he got the result right for every single one of them. I mean that's that's got to be like winning the lotto level type of odds. 
Oh, definitely. The auto ridiculously impressive. Yeah. So that's, I, I mean, I, I would love to know who that guy is. If he was just some random dude who just happened to pick it or if he actually had some sort of a formula. Let's get him on the pod. I'm going to, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. Let's it would track be great him if, down. It would be great if it did. It would be great if it did. It ain't going to happen. Um, there wasn't a ton of, of gear changes last week. No big surprise there. The one that, that I think stands out was was Xander. Um, you know, one of the things that that I think a lot of golfers that kind of follow the tour, they, they just assume that tour pros have reps kind of at their disposal at all at all hours of the day and they can get what they need. But one of the, the issues that all manufacturers kind of deal with is for the guys that play predominantly on the PGA Tour, you know, the, the OEMs, they, they rely a lot on shot link data to kind of tell them what's going on because maybe they're seeing something that a golfer isn't seeing or maybe the golfer comes to them and they can look at the data and they can kind of use that to help build a new driver, fairway wood, whatever, to kind of help solve their problem. Um, so Xander kind of ran into this issue where he leaves for Scotland right before the Open Championship doesn't return for a month until the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Now, in in between there, the guy wins a gold medal. So it's not like he was struggling mightily, but he had noticed that with his with his Callaway driver at the time, he was using a nine degree Callaway Epic Speed Triple Diamond, and he had just started to see his spin dropping. Now, for a tour pro losing, you know, three or 400 RPMs a spin on, on a draw shot. So going from say like 2,400 to like 19, that's kind of starting to get into the unstable zone. I mean, would you say Chris, like anything kind of like sub two thousands, if you're trying to hit a draw, you're, you're going to run into some potential issues there. I mean, yeah, you start, you start getting below 2000 and it, it gets a little dicey. I mean, a lot of it also depends on just where his apex height's getting and what the initial launch was. But yeah, I mean, we could say that if you're getting below 2,000 RPMs on any shot for that matter, it's it starts to get a little unstable. Yeah. So when Xander came back to the States in Memphis, he told the Callaway guys about this. And they, you know, because there is no shot link data on the European tour, not at least like it is on the PGA tour. And then he went and played in the Olympics. They were kind of in the dark. So they had a month of like no information. They're just kind of going off what Xander's saying. So to kind of give him a Band-Aid, they switched the shaft. So Xander has, I mean, for as long as I can remember, since he's been on tour, he's played a graphite design tour, ADBB7X. Um, uh, the Band-Aid that Kellen Watson, we've had Kellen, one of the tour reps over at Callaway, one of the Band-Aids that he and Jacob Davidson, another, he's, Jacob is their head of tour for Callaway. They decided to go to a softer tipped Tour ADIZ, and that helped pick up the spin a little bit on those draw shots. Now, one of the things for Xander and a lot of tour pros that that we've spoken to and that we've discussed on this pod is tour pros don't like to change the variables. You know, if if there are certain things that they like, they want them to stay in play, and they're going to make you find another way to make this club work. So Xander really liked that Tour ADBB shaft. So they needed to figure out an, an option that allowed him to stay in that shaft and still get that additional spin increase. So what they ended up doing through testing prior to the uh, 
prior to the playoffs was, and I guess it was, I shouldn't say the playoffs prior to Eastlake, the tour championship is they worked with him at the Eli, uh, Eli Callaway performance center. They had him hit some different driver heads. And what they hit on was that Xander benefited from a 10 and a half degree head in an Epic speed, triple diamond LS. Chris, you've talked a little bit about how the LS differs from the triple diamond, but maybe kind of as a refresher, sort of what are the differences between those two heads? I mean, they've got a couple of different uh, triple diamond variants out there. I mean, the LS being the lowest spinning option of the of the line, and then standard triple diamond wants to spin a little bit more, uh, and then they also have the DS that's out there. Yep. So, so the DS is a little bit more of that draw bias tech. Right. And that was kind of what was what was curious to me is is what they ended up doing is even for a guy like Xander who was noticing low spin on those draw shots, they went to an LS head, but they went to it up a degree and a half to ten and a half degrees, and then they bumped it down to nine to kind of give him that open face that I know some guys like Dustin Johnson really like. And that solved it. He was able to go to the LS head, get the draw shot, and stay in that that tour ADBB shaft. And that gave him the spin, and and he was good to go. The driver looked good for him, um, but again, it's like one of those minor tweaks. You you see the same driver head, what looks to be the same driver head. You see the same shaft. You you generally assume it's probably the same thing. But some of these guys are making these really subtle tweaks just to kind of get that spin back, or you know, be able to hit a certain shot. That's their go-to. So it's, uh, again, just, just one of those minor changes. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of other things going on last week. Um, I, we're kind of getting into what I would deem the off season. I think we're going to start to see some stuff happening in the next couple of months. I know Turski's going out to Vegas for a couple of weeks for the tour events. So he'll be out there. I'm sure we'll oh, see wait, some I'm changes. Going for the, I'm going for the tour event. I thought I was just going to Vegas for a couple of weeks. Gonna go go hang out there and uh, <laughs> throw some money down on on uh, red. Maybe hit up MGM. There we go. We'll 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 talk a little bit about that MGM. Okay. But yeah, it's uh it's kind of that time of the year where we will see changes, and and yep. I bring that up because there are a lot of times when when you and I Tursky talk about gear changes out on tour, and and I know there are a lot of people that are in the daily fantasy and bet on golf that that follow us pretty closely. And, you know, some of them will ask us like, how do these changes affect players? And, you know, I think for the most part, I go, I think about like Dustin Johnson. I mean, there was one year, a few years back where he won, he won a tour event with like a different driver head. I mean, it was crazy. And, And Dustin's had a, had a, propensity for for changing putters and winning right away I mean that's not normal I mean there are guys that have honeymoon periods so to speak with with golf clubs but you know I think for the most part you can get you can glean a little bit about how a guy's doing based on the changes that he's making but again you look at a guy like Dustin Johnson he's making changes even after wins I mean Bryson's done that before too so it's difficult to to say that a change means a guy is struggling and that you probably shouldn't pick him but I think what we're going to try and do going forward is use some of those insights and learnings from tour based on those changes and just kind of provide some additional info for those guys out there that are uh, into the betting scene. Maybe it's otherwise, whether it's daily fantasy or just placing bets on, on the winner for the week. And part of this is going to be because we are partnering up with BetMGM 
Yes, Hersky, sir. You're familiar with BetMGM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so is Bet M- BetMGM is, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an online sports book now. I mean, it's online betting and just betting in general in the U.S. is, is becoming a lot more popular than it was. It's, it's now becoming le- legalized in a lot of states. And, you know, BetMGM is one of those that has kind of come to the forefront. They're one of, they're one of the bigger ones out there. So the way that this is going to work is if you don't know BetMGM, um, we'll read off the, this, the disclaimer for this is, is very long. long. There, there are lots, there are lots of States where you can bet if you, uh, if you want to open a bet MGM account, but what they're doing for those that do qualify is they are offering a risk free wager up to $1,000. That seems I, like a I'll lot. Take a 3, yeah. It seems like a lot. Who would? So if you, yeah. And if you want to take, if you want to take part in this new, promo from BetMGM, you just have to go to BetMGM.com and sign up using the bonus code fully equipped. Mm-hmm. We have a bonus code. So use go the check code out fully BetMGM. equipped. You get a whole stack. <laughs> a full, well, you don't get a full stack, but at least, you know, you get a risk-free wager up to a thousand dollars. So sounds like a stack go check out. Me. Yeah. Go check out BetMGM promo code fully equipped. And this is tying into a new segment that we're going to have where we're going to be making picks on the podcast. Now, let me stress this by saying that I don't know if we have the greatest track record picking golfers to win golf tournaments, but um, maybe having BetMGM in the fold is going to make this, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's going to motivate us a little bit to not just like throw a dart at a board. I don't know what you're talking about. We're hot right now. Like, yeah, it was 50-50, but... We picked we picked Team USA Turski. We are I can one and zero, baby. Say one and zero. I will help everybody win a lot of money. I can make the picks and just bet against me every week, and you'll be fine. To not take, yeah, That's just it. fade him. He's the auto fade. Chris is the auto fade. All right, so we have this week. The Sanderson Farms Championship, which I, I don't know if you guys know. Do you know what the trophy is for winning this tournament? It's an Percy. animal of some sort, isn't it? It's a giant rooster. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't want to say the it's wrong gi- bird, but I knew I knew it was it's some, a giant, somewhere. It's a in that giant realm. rooster. It's it's one of the it's one of my favorite trophies out there. Love, love this trophy. It would have a prominent spot in my uh, trophy case if I if I happened to win it. I'm sure I'm sure for Sergio. Who's the most recent winner? I'm sure it's right next to his master's trophy. It has to be. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't know, man. He's got a lot of worldwide <laughs> wins. I don't know if that rooster's making the cut. Come on. The rooster's great. I'd love to ask him. I wonder if he knows where he put that trophy. I would say it's in one of his no houses chance. somewhere. No chance. Okay, so let's... <laughs> yeah, one of his houses, exactly. Probably the one in, probably the one in Switzerland. Maybe. All right. So let's make our picks. Who's gonna Who's gonna lead off? Well, I know everyone thinks I'm going with Trilly Z, Will Zalatoris. Because you are. I know every everyone on this show thinks I'm a huge fanboy, and uh, they would be, you are. They would be right. <laughs> they would absolutely be right. You got to go with Willie Z this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is too easy. You I mean, auto pick him every week. I. Uh, like we're auto picking Willie Z every week, and then I'll give it. I'll give another pick as well. 
I'm going to go with okay. uh, Matty Wolf. I think he he's coming off like a year of low expectations. And I think uh, he's going to have his mind fresh and he can kind of just freewheel it this week and make a bunch of birdies. And that's the kind of tournament it is. You want to make a bunch of birdies. You want to go super low. Um, he could also finish last place. It's it's all or nothing. That's, all or nothing. That's the gambling portion of that <laughs> He's pick. either going to win or he's going to yeah. finish last. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, that was an obvious choice, the first one. The second one is just to throw you off the scent to make you think that Tursky isn't going to take Trilly Z every week. <laughs> he just has to pick somebody that – is not uh, anyway whatever I'll, the trill I'll bet next. of the week yeah there you go trill bet of the week i'll take jt the postman posting Ooh, it's, he's got uh, great wedge stampings he does have great wedge stampings and i think that probably probably helps out his cause a little bit i was actually kind of surprised he is plus twelve thousand five hundred to win this week yeah, those are those are pretty hefty odds. That's, that seems like, pretty high. big odds. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, I forgot to give my odds. Plus five. Matthew Wolf at a uh, plus five grand. So Matt Wolfie's at plus five thousand. Um. Anyway, JT finished third last year. He actually finished eleventh the year prior to that at this event. Missed his. Uh, missed his. First cut of the season over in Napa, but as we talked about, everybody's drinking water that week anyway. I don't put that a lot of weight count. into that. That's doesn't vacation count. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I like his chances. I I like his game. I think he's due. This is a golf course where you need to drive it well, and and JT is for the most part a, a pretty good driver of the golf ball. So I think he kind of backs up a lot of those strong finishes over the last couple of years and gets into the winner's circle. Give me the postman. It, it sounds like, like, a lot it of sounds like there's a lot of bit. research here. I feel like I didn't do enough. Well, I mean, I've got to do some research. Yeah. He's like pulling out I mean, what is, does, finishes. Does, no, I respect it. Does BetMGM just expect I, us I really to like, like throw the darts JT at the board? Pick, I I'm, feel trying, like, I'm trying to be professional I feel like here. like for Tursky, I should pick Matt Wolf so it gives Willie Z better odds. I, I, <laughs> so should should I throw? I really like that. <laughs> Please don't do that. The last thing I need is Tursky getting Willie Z in the winner's circle on Imagine week one. Imagine if he so wins this week. I feel like I should. What if he wins? No, I cannot. And, I cannot handle that. And take so Matt pick Wolf somebody else, Chris. Just to throw the odds a little bit better towards Willie Z. I, I feel like that's what needs to happen. I can't pick JT. Thank you. That's You're good teamwork. Wow. I'm, See, that's a good wingman. That's I, a good wingman. I don't want to. I don't want to give the kiss of death to anybody else. I want to kind of shift the odds toward Willie Z. I think he needs to mix a little more. So I feel like I need to pick somebody like a Matt Wolf. You know he's going to win. It's just a matter of time. So, But I'd, I'd really like to see Willie Z win. So I'm going to pick Matt Wolf. Whatever. All right. So those are our picks. We've got... Chris and Tursky teaming up against me already. I, you know, you guys are jerks. I, I'm really surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be that you're, you're conspiring against me. He already ducked you Postman's, in Dallas. I mean, Postman's going to, I know he ducked me in Dallas. He's, it's all starting up to add Tursky up here in the, in the first round of picks, whatever. Okay. Well, we're going to keep tabs on our record this year. 
uh, we'll probably forget our record or maybe I'll lose that sheet of paper that I keep the record on by about mid-season. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe maybe we surprise some people. So can we do like a year uh, again, long? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do a year we'll, year long. Why not? So we need like a Let's bet. Maybe we'll have to think about it. Yeah, reveal we got it some next time. Week. Season seasons seasons fresh. One one event in, we'll be good. Um, but again, if you want to, you can go to BetMGM. You can actually download their app, and don't forget to enter bonus code fully equipped to get that promo offer. It is going to be paid in free bets, just so you are aware. But again, even if you lose, free bets. So there's nothing wrong with that. You can visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Excludes disassociated Michigan persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Wyoming. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Or you can call or text the red line at 1-800-889-9789 in Indiana. It's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available that in very Nevada. Well Give me a very round of applause well for that. Well done. Well done, sir. Thank you. That was like the side effects. Pretty quick. That was like the side effects it. in a uh, medicine commercial. I know. Just Somebody's got to do the disclaimer. Fast. It falls on me. So I got to go fast. All right. Well, with that, I think we should get into a very fun topic. You know, I, I got a text from a buddy. And he sent me a picture of the old Cleveland launcher driver. And basically said, you remember, you remember this one? Classic. And I was like, oh man, this, this takes me, this one takes me back. Like takes me back to like middle, middle school, high school time. It was uh, one of those hot drivers. I know VJ used it uh, to win a major. It was a, uh, it was a popular club, but then it got me thinking like my favorite club growing up, we've talked about it before was a title. It's 975 D driver, UST pro force gold, such a classic. Talk to him. And I, I thought that I would like send off a, a tweet and just ask people like, hey, like what is that one club from your childhood or when you started playing golf that just sticks with you? It's like seared into your brain. Um, and what I learned is nostalgia is like a very powerful drug because I, I think I've gotten like 500 plus responses and counting on Twitter. You can go to add Jonathan R. Wall if you want to add your response and I was just blown away by by like all it was a pretty wide variety of of brands in years and so I thought we'd just do a segment on like classic clubs I mean we talk all the time about new technology new technology is fun but man there is something cool about like digging into Tursky's trunk or I mean like going to like a play it against sports and digging through the like the used bin and finding some classic clubs that maybe bring back some memories or I just, I don't know. There's, there's something about the, the old golf clubs that just there's stories behind every one of them. And some are just better than others. I enjoyed reading the responses to your tweet. Cause I was like, Ooh, I have that in my trunk. Ooh, that one's in my trunk. <laughs> you do. Ooh, that one's in my storage closet. That one's in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So what? So what? So what is that one club for you guys? What's the one club that just like sticks in your memory? As I mean, maybe it was you played some great rounds with it. Maybe it was just a club that was handed down to you. What's what's that club? I do want to tell a quick story. So the first time, the first time I ever got an iron fitting, I was like really fired up. Obviously, I was coming from a junior set. And I was starting to get some speed, so it was like it was just time. Like obviously, I was taking golf pretty seriously, so I was all fired up. We went to uh, my dad took me over to like a local range. We got dialed in. Now I thought I had got fit into some Callaway steelhead irons. I thought this for years and years and years. I was like, oh, I always love those Callaway steelheads. I looked back at these iron heads, maybe like three or four years ago. Cause I keep all my clubs. Like I'm kind of a hoarder in that sense. Like I don't get rid of clubs. I always keep them for, you know, nostalgic purposes. So I go back and look at them. They're not Callaway clubs. They were knockoffs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no brand logo on them. Steel Hulks uh, is what they were called. Knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> Steel heads, but they were, uh, you know, it's S T E A L. Cause they stole steel heads. <laughs> Oh, that is great. And yeah, then, uh, there, there were a few of those out there. I would say my other one Classic. is the Titleist 983K driver. Another now, we, driver. we were all super excited, like, right before this came out. And we're going to this junior event, and everyone's talking. Like, one of the top guys in uh, New Jersey junior golf, we knew that he got the driver. And we were all like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to compete with him this week. Like, He's got the 983K, like it's over for us. And so we're all like, we're all huddled around 18 as he's coming up. 18's a par five. So we kind of want to see where his drive ends up, blah, blah, blah. So he's behind a he's behind a tree after his drive and he punches out back to the fairway. And I think he sees all of us like huddle around. And I think he knows that we all know he has the new 983K and he takes it out of his bag and he just slams it on a tree, snaps it right at the shaft. We're all like, oh, no. <laughs> and we were like, well, I guess he's not winning this one. And he did not. He he played like one of the worst rounds. But um, 983K, I mean, I always just wanted it. And kind of that always added to the story of it. Like, you know, I'm always going to take care of it. And uh, yeah, just a really classic driver's design me and i had that in the bag for years played some great rounds with it so one of one of the most nostalgic drivers in my opinion uh i have i have a couple one that i i found immediate success with coincidentally was the launcher comp the old launch comp was a uh fantastic driver for me and at the uh the original uh envy the the green envy shaft in it and absolutely love that combination. Heard that driver mm-hmm. uh, for the 905R with the uh, the black and yellow V2 shape. And when they first launched that ProForce V2, yep. it was like, oh, this thing is amazing. So those two drivers for me, it was like, I I felt like I there was so much confidence in the driver game because mm-hmm. I went from the Cleveland Comp. And it was just one of those like automatic, didn't miss fairways. I could swing as hard or as loose as I wanted. Still managed to find center cut somehow. And then went from 
at N05R and it was just like continuous success. I thought I was the greatest driver of the golf ball ever. And it's, uh, it just happened to work <laughs> out that I was lucky enough to find two drivers back to back. And for some, some reason, now we, we always are looking for that magic arrow. I went from 905R into a Cleveland high board and it's just been steadily down over there. <laughs> shots fired at the high bore but yeah that bumblebee v2 shaft that's what i always called it the bumblebee that was like you see someone step up on the first tee with that thing it's like oh man this is gonna be a long round yeah yeah you just know they're gonna <laughs> he's, hit gonna, he's gonna be driving that was the thing. way past I, I don't me. hit it far but i felt like i did yeah yep that was that was how i felt about the, the pro force gold like anybody that had had that pro force gold mm-hmm usually they were a gamer and I think like initially when I when I first got that shaft I could not get the ball off the ground and I was like trying <laughs> and like I'd, I'd gone I'd gone away from from a previous shaft and I'm like dude I got to get this figured out you're like and I need took, to keep took, playing the shaft basically yeah. yeah like it was one of those where you know you, you get one it's like I'm getting one shot at this like I got to get it right and I spent like a solid week trying to figure it out and finally did. But I'm, I'm like, this is one of those. I mean, we, Phil, I know Phil and Tiger are like, when I talked to Keith Sabarbo one time at TaylorMade, he said the two guys that never conform to the gear, they make the gear conform to them were Phil and Tiger. Mm-hmm. And I was the exact opposite. <laughs> I'm conforming to that gear. I'm going right, to make, right. the, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, make this club work. Even if I have to make some, some swing changes and I mean, the, after that, it was like the driver was great, but man, initially it was, it was not good. And and my my dreams of like going pro with this club, it was it was looking pretty bleak. Not that I went pro anyway, but but yeah, I I certainly tried to force that uh, that square peg into that round hole to make sure it fit. <laughs> one of the uh... I, I think we've all fallen into that category at least one or two dozen times throughout the uh, the equipment search. It- gotta make it work can't be the club it's gotta be me i can fix it and you have a story about all these nostalgic golf clubs on golf.com and one of the clubs that you highlighted in there was the cobra baffler seven wood right that was in the article are you talking about this one tursky well it just happens to be in my trunk and i will be running a test on it (laughs) literally asap (laughs) and i'm super i'm super fired up so i think what we're gonna do is what hit it against the like a cobra hybrid is that fair yeah, of the same proving loft, down, proving ground like, classics. Yeah, just match <laughs> match the it? lofts up and hit the the Cobra Baffler. Yeah, I love yeah. that people Why are not? into nostalgic clubs because I am too. Like, I'll literally go into thrift shops and just buy them, like not even for the purpose of putting them on Instagram or testing them. Like, I just have these clubs laying around from thrift shop trips I've taken. Like, I'm yeah. I'm super down with n- oh. nostalgic antique shopping. Like, not even just golf clubs, just that kind of stuff in general. So it gets me jacked up. I'm really happy with the response to, to your tweet that people got into it. Yeah, they definitely did it. We get people that they still walk in with 2016 M2 and it's just like, if you hit it good, we might be able to get you a little bit more control, but ball speed, probably not going to beat it. That's a tough driver to beat. I mean, that right? club like... is, yeah. 2016 M2 is just, I mean, it's a tank. It's super stable. 
it's fast and i mean the sound of it's really good it's just one of those drivers that i mean people walk in and it's like okay we've got 2021 new tech and it's struggling to keep up some of the times i mean that m2 is just super solid do you find a lot of people come in with that great big bertha that like kisner plays i feel like that's another driver that just like stuck around for so long and people on tour still play see as much okay don't see that one as much you see a lot of the the original epic Mm. is is still very heavily seated in the uh in the masses but yeah great big bertha not a ton i saw a uh i actually saw a 454 big bertha come through the door the other day and it was like been a hot minute since i've seen that so that was kind of that get you jacked up you're just like hey respect like i'm still gonna try to beat it i'm gonna get you some some more yardage but respect Oh, he, he hit it great. I mean, he absolutely just cured this thing, but I, I smoked it. It was not the, uh, <laughs> not the fastest thing that was out there. So we, we picked up a good 20 plus and the, uh, the 454 went down, but I mean, he, he hit it as good as he could have hit it. Do you have got, it was just, do you have guys coming often where it's like, they literally have a driver from 20, 25 years ago and you just get them like 50 yards or does that not happen that much anymore? 50's a stretch. I mean, it would have to be really far off the reservation for uh, for a 50-yard gain. But, I mean, 30 is 30's pretty regular with tech that old. Yeah. You can pick up 30 yards just just upgrading technology. Mm-hmm. Shafts matter so much, too. I feel like, uh, like shaft technology has come such a long way. Am I off base? No. I, I think yeah, shaft tech is it's, it's huge. huge. I mean, I, I think I – think, and again, there's so many camps that say the driver has more important, the shaft's more important. But I tend to think that if you, if you can find the right shaft, I mean, you might have you might have a couple of heads that you can use. But I, I don't think it's the op, the other way around. I think if you've if you've got a shaft that doesn't work, I think it's going to totally screw with your build. I I always think you got you got to start there and then work your way down. Personal personal opinion there. But before we, we close this topic out, I did want to go down the list just quickly. The, the top, my top 10 from the ones that people mentioned, uh, Nike Sasquatch Sumo 2.0, first square-headed driver. Sounded like a tin can. Are you saying top um, 10 is like, like how are you like, like the top, top Like 10. the top 10 responses that, that I, that I like scrolled through. I, went through. I went through all of them. I went okay, through because okay. I wanted to see like if there were any really cool ones in there. Um, the Sasquatch Sumo Two got a lot of a lot of comments. Somebody said, "I can I can steal uh, I can hear it." Somebody yeah. other, somebody else called it the only correct answer, which I'm like, "There's no way that's the only correct answer." And, uh, <laughs> no, chance. yeah, no chance. No, chance. but it, it got it got a lot of responses. It was square headed, but it did it sounded awful, man. It People are funny. so bad. Oh. Um, Callaway Big Bertha Steelhead Plus. Shout out Luke Curdenine. That was his choice. It was a good one, you know, and it actually Ooh. reminded me that Jamie Donaldson still carries a Steelhead Three, which was the fairway wood that preceded the uh, the Steelhead Plus. He still has it in the bag out on tour. Crazy, it's insane. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ping T I S I driver. That was Ooh. a great one. I think we all had that one. You didn't yep. feel like you you I couldn't did. miss with that driver. That that thing that thing looked like. It, it looked like a rocket ship back then. It was it was fast and it it went forever. Um, Taylor made burner obvious choice here. 
the copper, the copper paint, which you couldn't miss. You knew it was a burner, the bubble shaft, um, got a funny bubble shaft story. My dad got a, uh, a burner bubble three wood and he let me go hit it before he had a chance to take it out on the golf course. First swing with it, break the club. I think I that's your even, worst I like, fear. That's like your it, worst it is. fear when trying I, someone's I, club. It's like, my, just my please don't sank. snap it or sky it. Yeah, yeah. Boom. So luckily Sorry, it was, guy. it was a, it was an, it, there was, there was, there was, there was an issue. There was an issue with the, with the shaft, but, uh, okay. but yeah, it was, it was, it made, it made me feel awful. Like I just busted my dad's new club. Um, this one had to make the list or Tursky would have called me out. Titleist PT. Yep. Certified. Uh, my favorite comment, my favorite comment was Titleist PT three wood dynamic gold X 100 steel shaft copied tiger. Didn't carry two ninety seven for me for some reason. <laughs> Him yeah, and everybody car- else who wanted to mash missiles with that thing carried it like one sixty eight, but didn't matter. Kept it in the bag for like twelve years. Yeah, for sure. That was like me with that nine seventy five D initially, just trying to make sure you gave it a spot in the bag. It had to just work just even a little bit, and you were keeping it. Um, <laughs> Adam's tight lies. This one was great. Somebody said, "I'll never forget the disappointment that I felt when I didn't flush my ball one ninety five from a tight lie." It's true. <laughs> that thing was like almost unmissable. It, you really had you really had to like hit it poorly to not hit it straight. It was uh, a game changer. Bon, Barney Adams knew what he was doing when he introduced that upside down creation. So um, that's another good one. Cobra Baffler Tursky mentioned we're gonna do a little bit of testing with that with the rails. That was a revolutionary design when it came out to help with turf interaction. Ricky Fowler reintroduced it years later when he used uh, a prototype version at the Masters. Baffler rails are back in, in a lot of the Cobra products. It's it's a, a really great design, especially if you struggle with turf interaction. Um, Tommy Armour, 845s, the Silver Scott. Oh, yeah. Those are some, those are some classic irons. Mm-hmm. Never had them myself, unfortunately. But Yeah, they were great. And Ben Hogan. A I, lot of people playing them. Yeah, a lot of people still playing them. I mean, they, they're, they're kind of really like the beginning of that package of – stability and forgiveness in like a more traditional shape. I mean, you didn't feel like you had to go to like a really oversized iron to, to kind of gain what, what the guys that were playing the oversized heads had. So, uh, last one, as I mentioned, you could have gone with any Hogan iron, but somebody mentioned Ben Hogan, apex plus apex plus. Yeah. Probably one of, probably one of the best Hogan irons out there, but again, you can't go wrong with any of them. So that is my list. Uh, again, if you want to add your, yours to it, I'm still going through the comments at Jonathan R. Wall on Twitter. It was fun. Again, I always love going back and looking at old gear. Chris, what do you got? I I have one that didn't make the list. Yes. And Add see it. if this uh, if this rings any bells for you guys. What about Sonar Tech? Oh. Mm. So the Sonar Tech came out in the uh, hybrid line and then they came out with their uh their generation three wood and that thing was amazing i absolutely love that sonar tech three wood i'll take your word for it I'll, even back in the day i didn't really hit uh fairway woods that much but what about i mean if we're going to add one more one more to the list that i did see that i thought about putting in as an honorable mention the orlamar tri-metal <laughs> It's just fun to say. Oh, absolutely. It's just fun to say. Absolutely. Was a, that was a great that fairway. had to be on the list. It was a great fairway wood. And uh and a lot of guys mentioned that. So again, thanks for your uh for your responses. 
I, I did not expect to get that big of a response to that question, but it was fun to kind of take a walk down memory lane and look at some of those, some of those golf clubs that, uh, that we all know and love. So with that, I think it's time to talk a little bit about our title sponsor. What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. Favorite segment of the day. You know, you know who, you know who could have used an Arnold Palmer spiked last week? Team Europe. They could have definitely used an Arnold Palmer spiked. That would have well, made Team things USA. a little bit. Team USA needed Te- some in their celebration. Team, U- Team USA needed them for celebration, but I, I do feel like you, you could have sent a, a case to the Team Europe. They 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 needed they needed some fun last week at the end. I, I did I did feel bad for the result the way that it happened. Didn't didn't feel bad for Team USA winning, but it was thorough thrashing. But again, our title sponsor Arnold Palmer spiked. We love them. We talked them up last week. It is a, uh, it's, it's a fun beverage, man. I mean, it's an Arnold Palmer and it's spiked. It's, it's 5% alcohol by volume. You still get, you still get that tea and lemonade. Tastes good. Makes you feel good. I'm I'm craving one right now. Seriously. uh, I was just going to say after, after spending all this time in Texas, I'm, I'm going to need one when I get back to Arizona. Like, is it too early to crack one? I mean, it's two o'clock here. I'm going to say no. Absolutely not. It is. Absolutely. It's still warm we outside. Past so I can noon. Go crack one and go out. Go out. Go out back and just kind of hang for a little bit. Especially after getting ghosted by Chris. So, you know, gotta gotta go out back and you know crack open Arnold Palmer spiked and and hang out. So just absolutely ducked you. Man. <laughs> it's like you know where you're at in his life now. You know. I don't even. My flight I boards in 16 minutes. If you can make it here, we could nope. we could totally nope. grab. A, I can't. I can't make it there. You're, 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 nope. I'm not. I can't do it. I can't do it. Wait. Can uh, we? Probably would be. I just extended the invitation. <laughs> yeah. As you're as you're leaving. Oh, it's man. a thought that counts. I know it is. It is a thought. It is a thought that counts. But I'll just go. Uh, go enjoy a 24 ounce Arnold Palmer spiked in the backyard. I feel like that's uh that's a good way to to cap cap this day in, in Chris leaving me here so uh, if you want to find out more information on Arnold Palmer Spiked you can check them out it's arnoldpalmerspiked.com backslash fully equipped you can also search them out on Drizzly and Instacart again that's arnoldpalmerspiked.com backslash fully equipped 2021 Hornell Brewing Company Memphis Tennessee malt beverage with natural flavor celebrate responsibly and with that I think it's time to get into this week's interview it's a good one. Kursky. Who do we have? The man, the myth, the legend, Max Homa, who also Three gave some, winner. He also gave some great uh, <laughs> advice for those visiting Scottsdale on bars, restaurants, and golf courses to visit. Um, it was a great interview. He's really fun. Yeah, he he was I'm sorry he I was fun. That one. Yeah, he uh, that would have been a good one. Also talked a little bit about about testing, kind of when he tests, what he tests. Uh, that one piece of gear in the bag that's a little more tedious to test. It is a great interview. Enjoy it. All right. Well, I'm always pumped when our next guest can join us. Three-time PGA Tour winner, friend of the pod. I'm going to say friend of the pod because he's been on with us a few times, Max Homa. Max, what's going on, man? I am a friend of the pod. Don't try to take that from me. <laughs> Thank you. Guys I, I will definitely you. not take it from you. <laughs> so Max is joining us on behalf of of Gillette Deodorants Club 72, which honors golfers working to improve their game and shoot 72. Max, what is Club 72? How can how can regular golfers get in on the action? 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome that a, a humongous corporation, a company like uh, Gillette is getting into the golf space. Uh, they're pretty much trying to honor anybody who can shoot a net 72 uh, by letting them join the club. Uh, use the grant.com uh, backslash. I'm going to make sure I don't mess this up. Gillette 72 club. Uh, the grant is just a uh, it's like a scoring uh, app. Uh, so you just plug your numbers into there, uh, get uh, puts you into a drawing where you win a shirt. But it's also just a way to uh, join a community of people who've shot 72. Um, you know, that's obviously uh, par for golf. Uh, and Gillette just wants people to keep striving for uh, excellence in the golf game while they're trying to strive for excellence uh, in the uh, body uh uh, perspiration game. So uh, it's it's awesome. They've been doing a great job. So it's it's cool to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, that likes the mustache, huh? Well, this is for deodorant, so not a uh, body hair. Body <laughs> hair. Uh, that's a whole different story for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh man, Get, getting this getting this interview started off right. All right. <laughs> so we we got to kick things off by talking about the Ryder Cup. What what were some of your hot takes? I know you were watching it. I was following your Twitter over the weekend. What what did you think of Team USA's dismantling of Europe? It was it was impressive. I think uh, for me, like all the lead up before hearing all the media, which you know this is what media has to do, but talk about all the things that US would be you know struggle with with all the personality problems with all this and that. It it seemed kind of you know, silly to me just because those guys, this is the, I guess maybe it's because I'm closer to these guys because, uh, you know, I didn't know some of the older crowd, Kuchar, uh, even like Webb Simpson, I know a little bit more now, but didn't know before. These young kids I play golf with, you know, so I know how good they are and how hungry they are. And you watch them come out and uh, you think that they're going to be scared uh, as rookies. And, you know, just from being around them, I knew that they wouldn't be. So just, I felt like our team, I think we had the highest world ranking average ever going into a uh, Ryder Cup. The golf course fit, great ball striking, which all of those players really have. Um, so it's definitely surprising to see the score, but I don't think it was surprising to win. Um, they, they went out there and did what they did or did what they do. Uh, you look at those players like Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, the, the young guys. I mean, they're not scared of anything and they're really good. So, uh, you know, yeah. Colin's a, a rookie for the Ryder Cup, but he he's won two majors already. So. Uh, I don't know. The team was just stacked and it was, uh, they, you know, team Europe ran into a buzzsaw. Who's like the one American player you'd most want to be paired with in a best ball, like team event situation. Who do you think you would vibe with the best? I honestly think I'd be, uh, this is really easy to say. I think all of us on here could say this, but, uh, I think DJ would be a really good partner to have, uh, especially if I was a rookie. Um, cause I think he's really calming. He's really, He's an intimidating guy the way he walks around. He's act, he's not intimidating at all the way he talks to you. He's one of the nicest people you'll you'll meet. Um, he doesn't say anything kind of negative or judgmental ever. Um, but as far as fun goes, I'd love to play with uh, Justin Thomas. Um, you know, I, I think I've – I'm not quite as, uh, you know – uh, boisterous as he can get, uh, how he's pumping his fist, but I think that'd bring it out of me. And I think that would make it really fun. And we're, we're good buddies, but, um, it's, it's a cool team in the sense. I think a lot of those guys I think would be easy to play with. And I think maybe that's why they had so much success. I don't think that there's, um, 
you know, anybody on that team where I would think, oh man, this would be a, you know, a tough pairing. Um, I think that they'd all be quite easy, but those would probably be my two, just looking like analytically and, and, and for me, like emotionally, I think they would balance really well. So one of my favorite questions after the US one was when our own Luke Curdenine from, from golf magazine asked DJ about if he could keep up with the young pups off the course and, and DJ, of course, he was, he, he was a couple beers deep at that point. Had a pretty great answer. My, my question for you is, one, could you keep up with DJ off the course? And two, who are some of the most fun guys to hang with if you're going to go get beers? Yeah, DJ would be a tough – he'd be tough. Uh, he's a <laughs> bread. Uh, I think I could probably hang with the rest of the crew. I'm not quite sure. DJ's – you know, DJ's a, a beast. Um, who are the fun? I mean, JT's awesome dude to hang out with. He's he's always uh, been really uh, close with me and my wife. Um, man, uh, you know, Xander's awesome. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of guys obviously not on that team, but from on that team, you know, JT's the one I probably hung out with the most. Um, and, you know, been over to his house and, and had a couple beers before, so. <laughs> it's a good uh they had a good crew though of uh of, of you, you know young you know you get the youth in there those hangovers aren't so bad so the fear's not in there um so you That's know you get, you get to let true. it rip a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh celebration like for winning a individual event on the pga tour um it's so different because it's like a sunday so uh it's not like the rest of the world is raging their face off um I, fortunately for me i live in scottsdale where uh sunday fun day is like a a weekly uh tradition um but you know it's fun you you have your your great group of friends um and i've been lucky that you know the at least these last two since we've been living in uh excuse me since we've been living in scottsdale we have uh you know I, i've got a, a crew of friends that'll set something up while i'm trying to fly home and and, and see them but for me, it's just, uh, you know, get, get, I'll go anywhere as long as I got a group of buddies there. And then I will just kind of see what my body can, uh, can handle for, you know, a couple hours before it just shuts down and has to go to bed. <laughs> what are some of your favorite, like, uh, bar restaurant scenes in, uh, Scottsdale? And what are some of your favorite courses in that area too? Tercy just wants to know, cause he lives there. I do. Oh, you do. Oh, old, yeah. I mean, anything. I want the inside town. info. Anything in Old Town, Bevy and Casamigos are where I'll go. Uh, favorite golf courses? I'm actually pretty excited. I'm playing Camelback on Wednesday. I've never played there before, but I hear that's, that's nice. pretty good. Yeah, and then um, I mean I, I'm a member at Whisprock and Silverleaf, and they've been, uh, you know, they're awesome. They're, they're, I mean, I don't know how you beat them out here, but as far as public golf goes, Papa goes fun. Uh, they have the uh, practice facility for ASU. I've seen pictures of it. Looks rad, and. Um, where else I've played? Oh, Mountain Shadows Part Three course is like the most fun. Eighteen holes, Part Three. That's as good Sleeper. as it gets. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned JT. One of the things that I always love is is he mentions the goals that he sets every year. You know, he's got that little note on his phone where he's you know basically can either check it or, or exit at the end of the season. How how much are you are you a goal setting guy? Do you have kind of something similar on your phone where you're you're setting goals? I mean. Heck, you, you started the PGA Tour season with a W. Um, I don't think it gets much better than that. But but are you the goal-setting type? Like, how do you kind of motivate yourself as you as you get ready to kind of let it rip starting in January for, like, the big main part of the tour season? 
Yeah, I never have been. I've actually been of the my my only goal every year was to make tour championship, and the other goal I would have had if I were to write it down was uh, I, I always you know kind of live the I just want to get a little bit better every day uh, goal, and I you know it hasn't really been serving me as well as I I'd hoped. So yeah, I actually did you know after I saw that not that I, it was the first time I'd seen it I guess, but after I saw that um, this year again it like resonated and I decided I wanted to be a little bit more like that and put something in my phone kind of copy what he was doing. So I did put some stuff on my phone. I was fortunate to put one of those green check marks beside one of them really quickly. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm somebody who, you know, I, I like structure, whether it's working out or, or practice, I like to kind of have a plan. So it's almost maybe this will be a little bit better for me to be able to see uh, day to day as both motivation and, um, you know, maybe a little bit more clarity on what, uh, what I want to accomplish. I think it's really easy during the season to, um, to kind of wander off of maybe what you think your goals were or what you think you needed to get better at. Whereas when you're in the off season or you got some time, time to think you can be a little bit more rational and be like, Hey, this is what we, uh, you know, as me and my you know, little team decided we needed to get to, to be the best player in the world. So that's what we have to shoot for and not let kind of the recency bias of maybe a bad event dictate what that is. So I think writing it down is a good idea. Like I said, this is the first time I've done it, but, I mean, it's one for one, so it's not, it's hard to argue with right now. <laughs> it's a nice percentage. Um, <laughs> we've, uh, we've spotted you with some cool wedge stampings recently. Um, how does that come about? I know Aaron Dill does a lot of that behind the scenes, but does he come up with those ideas or do you kind of go to him or does he surprise you with them? Like, how does that kind of, kind of go? Yeah, it's pretty much all Aaron. I mean, the, the, this one, he just was kind of like, do you have any theme you want to do? And I, I said just, you know, it's a playoff push for the Dodgers right now, so uh, or the division push. And um, so he made them. I mean, he's amazing. He made the USA wedges for the uh, the, the ones before, just all, all on his own. He's just incredible. He's creative. He's talented. Um, he, he, he does it all. So I can't take a lick of credit except for being a Dodger fan from <laughs> what he is doing. So, you know – you mentioned the off season a little bit ago and you know, that's kind of, I guess golf doesn't really have an off, like a true off season anymore, but I know that that kind of downtime before January hits is, is usually the time when guys are, you know, testing, maybe doing some tweaking to their bag setup. Do you have like a particular time of year where you like to, to test equipment? Um, it, do you, I mean, now that you've won, are you just not going to change anything? Kind of how does that work as you kind of go into the quieter months of the year? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, not afraid to go test and try some new. I almost always do it, though, that, you know, in the month you imagined, uh, you know, end of Jan or end of uh, November, early December. Um, I will kind of test clubs, obviously, throughout the season. Uh, there's not much to test. I don't think right now I, I have figured out my main gap, which is like the seven wood three iron thing I've got going on. Um but I do want to, the only one I really want to explore is uh, I want to explore kind of lob wedge um, grinds a little bit and just see. Uh, I've never been super specific about it. And I know I was talking to Xander this year about different wedge bounces on different surfaces and realizing that some guys actually will bring a you know different one for each certain week. And I realize I don't really have the knowledge on that yet. But second, uh, I still play the 2019 Pro V1, and um, I have the new ones in my house, but I've never really 
testing golf balls to me is really difficult and it's it, it's tedious and long so i don't really plan on doing that during um the season and not to mention like i've had the best you know basically year to 18 months of my career uh, with this golf ball so i wasn't planning on switching but it would be nice to just go see what the other one's about um so that that'll be that would be the bulk of my maybe experimenting but i'm i need somebody there with me because i'm not very knowledgeable about all this stuff so uh i would need a a, a helping hand what makes the golf ball testing process tedious and long like you well, know a lot of people like just thing. go to the course and they'll just grab some sleeves and figure it out but for it's you guys i think it's a little different the sample size is just, you can't go off of like two, you know, two to five swings with each golf ball. I mean, there's going to be, you have to do tons and tons of, uh, of swings and then you have chip and putt because the noise matters and the, obviously the spinner on the greens matters, but it's just, you know, it's not like we hit the ball. I mean, you could look at someone maybe like Colin, but most of us don't hit the ball in the dead center of the face every single time with zero curve. So you want to see what your misses are. You want to see what your good ones are. You want to see what maybe slightly thin looks like and what those numbers are. So it's just a lot of, uh, it's almost like a lot of research and development to see, hey, is this one golf ball actually better than the other golf ball for your golf swing? And thanks again to Max Homa for joining us. If you want to check out more about Gillette's 72 Club, you can go to www.thegrint.com backslash Gillette 72 Club. Max, thanks again for the time, man. See you guys. Have a great day. And that'll do it for episode 110 of Fully Equip. Thanks again to Max for the time. As always, if you're looking for more gear news, you can find us on social media. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. And as Mr. Tursky would say, we are at Fully Equipped Golf on the Tiki Talkie. So thanks as always for listening. We'll see you around.